Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on Christmas Day. Well, uh, it's Christmas Day still where Frank Madden is, who joins me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast. And we are in a much better mood than we were this time last year, Frank. I believe tip-off was around the same time last year. It might have been a little bit earlier, but the Bucks beat the Warriors. Uh, what's the final here? 138 to 99. They just... Missed out on a big 40-point win on Christmas. I think on the broadcast, they said it was the second biggest margin on Christmas Day. Who really cares? They're back at 500. Uh, the dark days of, of the zero-on-one record are over, Frank. And by the way, we're looking at each other. We actually normally don't do the video chat, but I can see you. You're looking festive. It's a good day all around. Yeah, usually I can't spare the bandwidth uh, in my house, but I'm uh, <laughs> in my parents' house. I'm literally two feet from the router right now, so... Uh, hopefully people can hear me okay as well. Uh, yeah, well, let me, let me say this as a, uh, someone who, um, you know, stakes too much of their bucks happiness on Giannis's statistical prowess. Uh, <laughs> that was the obvious disappointment today. And I, I have to say, I didn't really enjoy <laughs> a lot of the game because Giannis looked so bad, uh, offensively and really didn't make much defense and uh, impact defensively as well. Four out of 14, seven out of 15 from the line today. 15 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, no steals, no blocks in 27 minutes. Um, so that's that. We'll we'll lead with with the 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 downside of this game, but um, pretty much everything else uh, went went the Bucks' way. And it's just kind of a reminder. I, so often, I saw I saw there a, a reference here. Um, I was watching Twitter and like Rick Kamla from I don't know if he's still on NBA TV, but made some comment about how the you know the Celtics are going to need Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum to go for 70 today to beat the Nets, and it's just like. I mean, you see this a lot where like a team's best player is actually pretty subdued, but if everybody else makes shots, you you don't need one guy. <laughs> you really don't need one guy to score a lot of points in the NBA. And, you know, we saw that today. I mean, 138 points um, from the Bucks. Uh, you know, in, in a game where they put up a 127 offensive rating and Giannis is, you know, I mean, one of the worst offensive games you're going to see from Giannis. I think he was four out of six or four out of seven in the restricted area and I think 0 for 7 outside of the restricted area. I mean, just throwing up bricks and unable to make free throws. But Chris Middleton looked terrific, 31 points on 15 shots, 6 out of 8 from 3, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, plus 21 in just 26 minutes. I mean, he was just, again, just, you know, we talked about Drew Holiday looking in complete control. This was the Chris Middleton complete control game. Um, as his shooting was terrific, and and that really led a banner day of shooting for the Bucks overall. I mean, 20 out of 37 from three, compared to 10 out of 45 from the Warriors. And you know, if we wanted to cut cut the podcast short, we're having turkey dinner here pretty soon. We could probably just pretty much cut it there and just say, <laughs> well, the Bucks made made threes, and the Warriors, who um, you know we talked about, aside from Steph, who was two out of 10, they really don't have much shooting on this team at least in terms of really consistent shooters. And, you know, the Bucks were obviously the beneficiaries of that today. So, um, 
you know, again, so much of the NBA at this point boils down to, you know, do you make threes or not make threes? And today, you know, plus 30 difference in the three point department between the two teams and, you know, yeah, Bucks win by 39 uh, with, with, with that, I think a couple other points, just points in the paint bucks plus 12, 50 to 38. Um, that defensive rating today, 91.4, um, which obviously is tremendous. And that's really the thing I was most, I'm most concerned about. I mean, I think this team, you know, we know they're going to have hot nights shooting the ball from deep. I think I would just really like to see this team reestablish itself defensively after obviously the bubbles we saw throughout the bubble and the fact that they set such a high bar last year. So to me, that was, you know, again, this warrior team isn't, isn't a great test for that, but um, you know, as, as we kind of go over the next week or two, I'd really like to see that defense, you know, show that it, it can be at, at that high level that we expected. Cause obviously we didn't see that level consistently against the Celtics. We haven't really seen it over the past few months going back to the bubble. And so, um, you know, again, a lot of tonight, a lot of that is, is Golden State missing threes, but this is a team that you obviously play to give up threes against because they don't really have many shooters outside of Steph and thought they did a nice job against Steph. Drew Holiday did a nice job defensively, um, just not giving him as much airspace as, as Steph would, would like to have. He had a slow start, got it going a little bit, but um, you know, 19 points on 17 shots, you're going to take that any day of the week, uh, defending Steph Curry and, and Drew Holiday. Six of nine tonight. Um, Oh, six out of seven from two. You mentioned the other night, nine out of 12 on twos the other night. Um, oh, for two from three, but 12 points on nine shots in 25 minutes, six assists. Um, his defense, obviously, tonight was was more the more important side of the ball. But um, he once again looked very much in control, gave us another few lefty layups, a little lefty jump hook. Um, he looked really good again tonight. And between him and Chris and then just a, a a much obviously more consistent uh night from the bench with everybody getting the act making threes um you know that was uh that was ended up being the the, the presence under the christmas tree for bucks fans today was that three-point shooting and, and not just chris middleton or, or dante divincenzo again who was three out of five it was um the bench really coming through with with shot making and obviously that's what they're going to have to do this season to, to be, you know, competitive. They're going to need that, that bench to, to obviously come through and again, maybe not dominate, um, but, uh, but at least make shots. Yeah. You mentioned at the start, the Jason Tatum Celtics reference, and it's kind of funny that on opening night against Boston, the Bucks got 87 points out of Giannis, Drew and Chris tonight. They only get 58. So they're actually minus 29 in points from the big three and they still overall score 17 more points. And part of that is due to the minutes they were able to play. It's actually quite remarkable to look at the box score and see Brooke and Dante were sub 20 minutes in this game. And then Drew Holiday only had to play 25. Chris Milton, you already mentioned there as well. I, I thought... And again, we've spoke about Drew Holiday a lot, but I thought, again, multiple times today, just his aggressiveness, because it's kind of surprising to me to look and see that he only had 12 points because it did feel early in the game he was really looking to score. And I think the thing that I liked, again, when you're looking for things that you can take away for what you might see in the postseason, Drew Holiday really seeking out that matchup with Steph Curry defensively was at least something to note because, uh, again, if you're comparing him to where the Bucks have been in the past, Bledsoe wasn't really a, a mismatch hunter. Now, we know Chris Milton certainly yeah. loves to do that in the post, and now we've seen that Drew Holiday also will be able to do that. He did it a couple of times and was able to score. Again, 
I'm still not used to the fact that I feel like he's in bad position to score. And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to use the left hand now and, and flip this one up and in. It, it's something that I'm still getting used to seeing with him. But there was one play where they actually then threw a double team at him. He's like, okay, fine. I'm going to swing the ball out. I think he found Dante DiVincenzo at the top and he knocked down a three. So I, I, again, I'm not sure what else you take from this game because I think that everyone was very excited about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on opening night. And I think maybe now people are watching this and saying, well, actually, the Warriors are kind of trash. And, yeah. and, and I think we saw early in this game, I think I was talking to Justin Garcia about this prior to this game. And I said, you know, I, I just think that Wiseman and whoever else they're going to throw at Giannis might find themselves in foul trouble really early. And they did. Ubre had two fouls. Uh, Pascal had two fouls. And I think Wiseman as well, who actually played pretty decently throughout the night. But you saw the physicality earlier early in the game. And to me, it looked like Giannis was going to have a monster night if he was able to hit free throws and then he kind of just faded out. But overall, the Warriors aren't very good. But little things like that with Drew Holiday being able to to do stuff in the half court. And then even DJ Augustine, who made his debut. And obviously, he knocked down some shots, but also you got a sense for some of the pick and roll stuff he's going to be able to roll. And I think just having, and this is maybe a little bit scary when we talk about the depth again with this team, but I did think just having DJ Augustine out there with some of those second unit guys just made everything run a little bit smoother, which again, we've spoken about him in the postseason. Maybe that's a scary thing. I don't know, but it was at least nice to see tonight. Yeah, I think just having a steady hand there that someone other than, um, other than, than Drew uh, who can, who can, you know, I think Drew played almost the entire first quarter. I think Good. Augustine came in basically in the last 30 seconds of the first quarter, which was interesting. You know, what we know about Bud not wanting to play guys long stretches period, you know, the fact that uh, we saw that minute load in the first game for the big three. And then tonight, uh, Giannis and Chris played the first eight minutes. And then Drew really had to carry that second group for the rest of the fourth quarter, first quarter. And I think the encouraging thing was, uh, they, they didn't give up points. Basically, they didn't like you know get get the lead cut back when Drew was out there with you know Bobby Portis, T.J. Wilson, and and those guys, right? Because I think that's obviously a concern that that we're all going to have. Um, you know, D.J. nine points, hit three out of three from deep. Bobby Portis ten points on nine shots. I mean, not, again, not efficiency. Actually, took some threes. I don't think he took a single three in the first game, and he really has not shot many threes. Period. Um, in the preseason as well, which has been kind of interesting. He's really not kind of we see a lot more Bobby Portis in the post than I think Bobby Portis sort of pick and pop which is where I would want him um but obviously good to see him just a little more active he had a block in the first half in the first quarter it was like oh wow Bobby Portis making a defensive play Re- you know refreshing good let's, let's see that um so you know he was plus 20 in, in 26 minutes with 10 points and 12 rebounds um so yeah I mean it wasn't just DJ Augustine but but him coming in and just you know Again, he knows how to get to his spots. I mean, we saw looked like a couple times he might have a crease to get to the rim. Got blocked a couple times. One of them on a terrific block from Wiseman, where it looked like he was out of play. So you can see, I mean, DJ's lack of size. You know, when he when he's driving, it, it's very apparent. But he's also a guy, obviously, that that kind of knows knows what he's doing. Knows to get out of, to his spots, get those three point shots up. Um, pick and roll, as you mentioned, is obviously an area that that hopefully he can develop some good rapport with with Giannis and, and Brooke in particular, and hopefully also those bench guys that, that we mentioned. Um, so again, good to good to have him back and, and have a little bit more depth at the point guard spot um, because again, you know, I mean, we saw in the first game like the Bucks can't afford to to lose depth in that that second unit. And again, there's going to be nights like this where 
you know, everybody's just making threes and it's going to be great. Um, but I think night to night, um, you know, a guy like Augustine's obviously going to be really important and um, certainly encouraging to see him come through and, and look good in, in his first performance. And, and that's what I would say in general with a game like this. I mean, you know, again, does this, you know, is this a hint that Sam Merrill is now going to get rotation minutes or, you know, Jordan Wara is, is ready to replace Pat Connaughton in the wing rotation or something like that. And look, it's, it's very early. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. I think Bud's going to stick with guys like Pat and, you know, the, the normal rotation guys for a while, probably. But I think especially for like the rookies, for sure. I mean, those guys had precious little camp. They had no summer league, you know, very little preseason action. They what played like 25 minutes total, each of them in the preseason between the two rookies. Uh, so any chance to to get some run and see some shots go up and see some shots go in, I think is important just to give them some sense of rhythm and, and just, okay, I can do this at the NBA level. Um, and so I thought that was probably the most important thing of why the fourth quarter was fun, just to see Merrill, you know, hitting a couple threes, see Nora hit um, an off-balance three and then another off-balance shot. He's he's really impressive as sort of an off-angle, you know, off-platform shooter, um, which, which I find really interesting about Nora. Um, so again, you can't make too much of, of any of these things, but just to get those guys some run and some minutes and again, hopefully inspire a little bit of confidence. I think Wilson, another guy, obviously DJ is not a rookie, but I mean, we saw last year, like, you know, he in garbage time, he just missed everything. Right. And so for DJ to see the three ball going down in preseason, see the three ball going down in the regular season, you know, he's made three pointers at a reasonable rate in the past in the NBA. We know he can do that when he gets those, you know, feet set open looks. And that's obviously the shot that he absolutely hundred percent has to make uh, if he's going to be a guy that, you know, can kind of hopefully give you some decent minutes with, with backup units and, you know, spelling, you know, Lopez and, and Giannis. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think again, positive kind of momentum confidence type game for a lot of players. Um, you know, Dante again, 13 points on eight shots, really encouraging to see him, you know, come out and, and be aggressive. I, I know you mentioned the, uh, maybe cooling it a little bit with some of the pull up long threes, but um, you know, we, we saw him being uh, very willing to kind of take spot up threes um, when Giannis kicks it out and, and he knocked down a couple of those today again, and um, he won't hit 60% for the season, but if, uh, Hey, if Dante can get in that mid 30 range, you know, hit that over that we bet on uh, for his three point shooting, then uh, I think obviously that's, that's a big bump. Cause again, any, anybody, any, if you get any of these guys in that sort of five through eight spot in the rotation, right outside of the big four guys to really be making meaningful contributions, especially offensively, um, that's going to be really important. Yeah. I did message that in our DM group about Dante. I think Chris was on the floor at the time. Giannis was on the floor and he sort of sized up his opponent, uh, did a few <laughs> dribbles through the legs and then jacked one up and it missed pretty badly. And I said, I don't know if that's your thing right now. You're hitting those open catch and shoot threes. Uh, I will say he also did bank in the first one. So still, yeah, a, little, <laughs> still, a, little, still a little erratic. Although, hey, come on, uh, the Bucks deserve some luck with some banked in shots after the other day. They deserve more than that. They, didn't, they need a season full of banked threes to make up for what we saw the other night. The one guy I, I wanted to ask you about a little bit just to see how you feel about this is... Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton, plus 27. I, we're going to do 10 minutes on Pat Connaughton, I assume. No. I, actually, I, had, I had to mention, though, he was plus 27 in 19 minutes. So we, we have to give that acknowledgement, given we crushed him the other night. 
But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. What you were asking, actually, going to ask me about. No, trust me, it's a good uh, thing to bring up there. And I did uh, send you a tweet. I believe someone. I, I don't know who this is. I don't have this up in front of me, but said that Andrew Wiggins is the Golden State version of uh, Pat Connaughton. <laughs> who, by the way, Wiggins was absolutely awful. He looks terrible. So does uh, Kelly Oubre. But. Uh, the guy I wanted to ask about was Brook Lopez because I, I see a few people tweeting just about him offensively. And and listen, look, he hasn't had a great start scoring the ball. There's no doubt about that. I think in total, he's had 10 shots across the two games. So he's actually just been kind of a non-factor. And it's interesting to me to think about the makeup of the starting lineup. Now, tonight he only played 19 minutes. So that's also worth taking into account. But I think when you look at the guys that they've brought in, I've already spoke about the aggressiveness of Drew Holiday as a guy that genuinely looks to score. I don't think that was always the case with Eric Bledsoe. He would kind of just float around in games. He'd get you some transition stuff, but there was a lot of times where Brooke could take up that slack. And also Dante, we spoke about. 11 points in the first half today, uh, 13 points in the first half against Boston. So I think when we talk about chemistry and guys trying to figure it out with a new team, we always think about the new players and, and sometimes we overlook the guys that have been in the system already. And I just think Brooke Lopez at the moment is trying to figure out how to get his touches, where he should be, where those shots are going to come from. Because what you have done with the starting lineup is added two players in Holiday and DiVincenzo that are going to look to score already with Giannis and Chris. And there's only so much ball to go around. So we just haven't seen a lot from Brooke Lopez offensively. But I certainly don't think it's a concern. I still look at Brook Lopez as a guy that is going to be out there as the defensive anchor. And then in second in second unit lineups, you can mix and match a little bit and you'll be able to utilize Brook's skill set more uh, when he hasn't got those four other scorers on, on the floor next to him. I think that's where he's going to thrive and we'll be able to see him post up and get some of those other looks. Brooks offense, I don't mind that necessarily that he's not jacking up a ton of threes right now just because yeah. I think especially at times last year, it just sort of became almost performative, like him just throwing up those like, you know, trail threes early in, in shot clock. Um, and it just didn't seem like that was, you know, a shot that that really was a good a good option for them early in the clock last year, given given the way he was shooting. Well, so, now Giannis think, is taking those as well, so that's great. Yeah, so well, <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I agree. I mean, that the in general, like those, I don't think are really shots <laughs> that uh, that that any uh, that either of those guys should probably be really hunting. I mean, Giannis, they're more dribble up into them type shots. Um, but yeah, I, I think the question with with Brook is more, um, you know, do you go out of your way to get him post touches, and do you really try to use him as a rim runner? Um, and, and and do you sort of try to dictate those types of options i think the interesting thing with putting dante in the starting five i mean dante's not a high usage player but he's obviously going to actually do more than than west matthews did last year as far as looking for shots and and at times actually creating some shots whereas Wes obviously was much more of just a pure spot up guy that that you know would go long periods without getting any shots up whereas dante especially in these first two games he shot a lot and he shot well especially in the first halves as you mentioned i think that's been a big reason why Brooke has sort of faded from view and um you know you think about uh they're they've been really trying to get Giannis post looks and they've also I mean Drew Holiday has really been posting up a lot too especially today they seem to really try to exploit Drew's strength advantage and so you know again I mean there are only so many post touches that a team is going to kind of run through and obviously Brooke is is kind of faded into the background a fair bit in these first couple of games so I think maybe the question is so much about you know trying to get him the ball 
in the early stages of, of first quarters and third quarters with the starters. Um, but they did run, they did give him a couple post looks. Um, I think, I don't know if it was the end of the first quarter or being the second quarter. Um, but he did get a couple post touches. One of them, he, he shot from too far out and, and missed, and then he got it one bit closer that he scored on. And so I think that that's obviously something that, that we'll just see how they try to dictate that. Cause again, he's, I mean, he's a really valuable weapon to have. And I think, you know, if you look at the Bucks last two years with Brooke, I think if anything, they've underutilized, you know, his ability and his skill set in that regard. And some of that's just because of Giannis and, you know, the fact that, you know, you, you want to play through him rather than Brooke Lopez. Um, but I think as, especially as Drew and um, Chris get minutes without Giannis on the floor, I think trying to get Brooke out there. I mean, we talked about obviously trying to minimize the amount of minutes where Portis and Wilson are out there without either Brooke or Giannis. And so I think, again, the, the, the best answer for getting Brooke going is probably split him up from Giannis a bit more, right. Um, for defensive purposes. But then also I think the upside offensively is as long as either Drew or Chris is out there, Chris had terrific chemistry with, with Brooke last year in pick and roll, try to run those a bit, a bit more. And I, I'd be curious to see how much pick and roll the Bucks have actually managed to actually get shots out of. It feels like the Bucks are not really generating any real opportunities out of pick and roll right now. I don't know if they're running a lot less pick and roll or, or it's just a matter of just not being able to create shots. I mean, it feels like Giannis is getting very little easy outside of transition. He's gotten the ball in transition a few times. Um, but in half court, it doesn't feel like, feels like he's having to make every pretty much create all of his own shots um, for the most part, which I think is part of the reason why he's struggling is, you know, I think, I think in game one, I think only one out of his 10 uh, two point field goals was actually assisted, which last year was like 40 some percent. So um, I think that's something offensively. I think it goes for Brooke and Giannis doesn't really feel like they've figured out kind of the, the cadence of the offense to a large extent and, and figured out how to get, those guys, you know, sort of engaged other than just throwing them the ball in the post. And obviously Brooke just hasn't gotten many of those looks in general, which, you know, just sort of the reality of, of where he is on the pecking order, but um, definitely something to watch. We haven't seen Bobby Porter shooting many threes. We haven't seen Brooke shooting many threes as, as sort of the two primary centers. So um, I'll be curious to see from a spacing perspective, kind of how that evolves. I don't think, and first of all, I don't think this needs to be the longest podcast of all time, but I just don't think that there's too much more, you know, insightful takeaways that you can take from this game. But I did want to bring this up because I know you mentioned Chris Milton and how fantastic he was, but I think it's worth just mentioning the improvements he's made at this age. And after signing the contract, he does. And again, I know Golden State clearly aren't going to be a good team, but we've seen this now over the last really the last two years, obviously, but then even after signing the deal, whether it is his ball handling, which he was always kind of a scratchy ball handler. And I'm not trying to say that he's Steph Curry out there now, but he has shown an ability to get to a spot, break guys down and either shoot or find another guy for an open look. His passing has continued to improve. And I just think it's, it's incredible really that this guy does continually look like he's improving and he's 29. I mean, this guy, I didn't expect that. We spoke a lot about the contract. Everyone was obviously spoke about the money figure that he got paid. And we all said, and I think we, we felt the same boat that first of all, you kind of had to do it just from the, the balance of the roster, the asset standpoint, you couldn't let that guy go. You were going to be worse. But I think for him to not only sign the contract and then, again be an all-star last year but then come back this year and arguably look the best we've ever seen him to start a season I just think it's incredible I think he deserves a lot of credit 
for clearly coming into this season in good shape because I think at times we've looked at him and visibly we've said, wow, this is a guy that looks pretty fatigued. He looks like he needs to run himself into a bit of form here, but he's come in red hot. And again, the scoring we know, but the passing, the ball handling, he continues to get better. I thought, you know, it was interesting in the bubble. Um, it felt like, I mean, he, he generally played well in the bubble, especially the early part of the bubble. Um, he had some big games, but it felt like he was playing sped up at times in the bubble. Like he was getting a little out of control, trying to push the ball in transition. And, you know, Chris obviously is one of those guys who's very smooth. And when he's moving at a slower pace, I think it tends to favor him. And I think what has been interesting in the first, you know, watching him over the past week or two, right? Which again, you know, can't make too much out of that. It's been interesting seeing him, I think, moving a little bit faster, a little earlier in the clock and being able to score acrobatically at times, being able to make really good passes with before the defense is set. It feels like he's been able to make plays while moving at a at a normal at, at a faster than normal Chris Middleton speed here early in the season I mean we're all used to him just being able to bury the the step back twos and threes and, and, and those types of things but I think that's that's something I'm going to be curious to see if that keeps up because we know Chris can operate sort of in the half court um, if he can you know we, we talk about Drew Holiday and his control and, and his being able to change speeds I think if Chris can kind of be better when he's hitting that turbo button that would be interesting to me um, just because, again, that's where a lot of times the fact that he doesn't have that kind of, you know, nuclear athleticism, it becomes a little more apparent. He gets a little out of control. Um, and, and you know, here early in the season, he's he's looked great. So, um, so yeah, it's it's really exciting. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, now in these first two games, I mean, he's been the Bucks' best two player, the best player in the first two games, which I don't think we, we expect to, to continue a whole lot longer. But it's interesting, right? I mean, it's interesting to, to wonder exactly what kind of numbers Chris Middleton might put up uh, in a season where he's probably going to play more minutes and he's going to have the ball in his hands, obviously a ton because holiday, as much as he's a point guard, you know, it's not like, as we talked about, it's not like he's going to just bring the ball up and dominate and everything's going to be, you know, high pick and roll with him and Giannis, right? Chris is going to have the ball a ton as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really curious to see sort of if, uh, to what extent Chris can keep up these types of numbers. Cause again, you mean just by definition, you should not be able to go 50, 40, 90 in the NBA two to two years in a row, unless you're like a Kevin Durant level, level player. Like, you know, if Chris, if Chris, you know, can actually threaten 50, 40, 90 for a second straight season, it would be incredible um, because that is so hard to do. And it requires, you know, again, you can't go into prolonged slumps. You, you can't play with injuries that maybe drag you down a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. You really have to be at your game pretty much all season long. And we got a long way to go in this season. He did it pretty much all of last season, obviously. And um, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think, and, and you know, I, I have to say going back, you know, we look back to last year. Um, I, I think the USA basketball experience was a good one for him. He had kind of an in, inconsistent um, experience with that going into last season, but I think he came into shape and he, well, he came into shape one uh, last NBA season. He looked really good. Um, you know, he's admitted in earlier years that, you know, at times he's come in and hasn't been in the right shape. And so to come in, sign a huge contract, get a chance to maybe work out a little bit of kinks with uh, USA basketball um, and then come back uh, ready for the NBA season 
just feels like he's been kind of a different guy since then. I mean, I'm curious, you know, he's looked kind of leaner and just physically fitter over the past year plus than I think, you know, he looked at times before that. And so I, I think, you know, not surprisingly that, that that's translated a bit to, to his all around game, but, but obviously it's, it also speaks to kind of the skill work and the maturation of, you know, decision-making, right. Cause you can spend all the time in the weight room you want. That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make the right pass or, you know, make the right decision or, or, you know, hit that jump shot, stepping back that, that you need to at a clutch point in a, in a game. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Chris Middleton, great first two games. And again, the season is long, but, uh, he's, he's been on a heater now for pretty much a year straight. And, um, that's obviously great news for the bucks. Cause if, if we can see some like version of this Chris Middleton all season long, including the playoffs, if you see, you know, this version of Drew holiday all season long in the playoffs, um, then, you know, it really just com- comes down to Giannis being who we know he can be in the regular season, um, beyond the regular season. And uh, we don't want we don't want this version of Giannis that we saw today in the postseason. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm hopefully it's just a, a blip. And um, obviously he, he will certainly be not lacking in motivation next week when the Bucks play the Heat, as uh, I'm sure all the Bucks will will be looking to uh, show that they're a, a different team than they were uh, a few months back when they obviously took took that hit in the five games uh, lost to, to Miami. Yeah, I can't believe we had the 29.5 over and under for Giannis on scoring. We had the wrong guy, Frank. We had the wrong guy. <laughs> it, should have, it should have been Chris Milton. Is he going to average 30 points per game this season? Uh, I, I highly doubt it, but uh, if you are into that type of thing, which I know you are with Giannis, Frank, then maybe today you're angry that Bud capped Chris at 25 minutes. Give him 37. Let him. He would have scored 45 points today. He would have had a, a monster fourth quarter. Instead of Sam Merrill hitting those threes, it would have been Chris. Uh, one last point. You mentioned about the Team USA stuff. And I remember uh, when the Team USA was in Australia. I was, I was here at the time, so I was able to cover them. And I remember talking to Greg Popovich about Chris Milton in particular. And he actually went back to... Uh, Chris spent some time with the select team I, th- I think prior to that the summer prior to that he was in vegas with that team and then obviously with the main team usa roster and pop actually said that after a couple of days of camp he had to go to chris and say you need to be more aggressive and you need to be actually comfortable being around this caliber of player and he said it was a conversation he had to have with him that he looked like he didn't feel like he belonged in that group and ever since that, he said. Ever since then, he said he thought that he saw a visible confidence in Chris. And then he said it's, he's seen it translate over to the NBA. And I, I think, I mean, we've seen Chris over the last two years in particular. Whether it is the Team USA stuff, whether it is going to All Star Weekend and getting to spend time around those guys, I think mentally that kind of stuff helps. And maybe, as you pointed to, that has translated to him working differently off the court to prepare himself to play as well. But so obviously, as you mentioned, a pretty good start. But uh, yeah, uh, overall. Like I said, a much better Christmas Day basketball experience than we had a year ago. And even though there was no fans, it was still cool to see the game in Milwaukee, hopefully in 2021. Uh, I'm going to to go ahead and assume they'll be playing on Christmas as long as Giannis is in Milwaukee, which he's obviously going to be. So that's the cool thing, being a Bucs fan right now, that you know on Christmas Day you'll get to see the team. Hopefully next year people get to go to the game and maybe you'll be at the game next year, Frank. Who would know? Man, the idea of going to sporting events just seems like such a foreign concept right yeah, now. So, yeah, yeah. so um, you know, hopefully at least I'll be 
eating my Rocky Rococos in Wisconsin next year. And, uh, you know, if we can, we can add some bucks basketball, that, that would be, uh, that would be just delightful. So I'm imagining now you have to have some meal with the family and uh, <laughs> perhaps the rest of the family will be eating, I don't know, a turkey or ham or whatever they're eating. And you're just sitting there with a, with a full large family size Rocky Rococos. Is that, is that what's going on? <laughs> no, usually my move, no, uh, we're having turkey tonight. I actually had some ham earlier today. Uh, we're yes. having our, like a, a Thanksgiving style dinner tonight, but, um, yeah, usually I just like think of like reasons to do errands and I just like sneak away and, you know, grab, grab some slices of Rockies and just, you know, kind of scarf it down, you know, quietly in, in the car with, with no one, no one being able to know what I'm doing. So, um, I, I, uh, it's a kind of a shameful shame eating, uh, the way I do, the way I do my Rockies a lot of these nights, but, uh, I, I did eat some yesterday. So I, I got in my, I got, knew it was going to be close today. So I had to get my, get in my filth yesterday a little bit while uh, while we're doing some errands so i've got got another week of uh, <laughs> eating, eating slices of rockies uh and uh yeah so i i hope everyone uh has a great christmas if obviously you're able to spend time with family i uh, hope you guys all make the best of it i know everybody probably appreciating that time more than ever this year and uh if you're if you're not able to with family obviously um stay safe and hopefully you can get in some some zoom time like i'm getting here with kane <laughs> or facetime or whatever what so else that it doesn't doesn't feel too weird uh hopefully for for everybody with uh with a very different year for for christmas who else would i want to speak to on zoom on, on christmas frank there's <laughs> not much yeah. better than this and uh just one last point frank's family is continually wondering why he doesn't even live in wisconsin but he has to go out to run errands every two hours for the whole yeah. for a whole week straight so we know what he's up to here. <laughs> exactly Uh, i'm confident that she doesn't listen to the podcast so i think your secret is uh is safe but we can leave it there like i said the bucks 138 to 99 basically everyone got a chance to get some points tonight which is a little bit of fun when the bucks shoot over 50 percent from three i doubt they're going to lose too many games this season i think we can be confident uh, about that so uh, we will leave it there like frank said have a safe day whatever you are doing uh, spend time with family or over the internet like we're doing here. But enjoy yourselves. The Bucks have got the Knicks in a couple of days. So we've got a day off here, which I, I think is going to be a good thing. But for Frank and myself, we'll speak to you guys probably on Monday, I guess. I don't even know what day it is. We'll speak to you guys then. 